The psychedelic revolution is here. If you want to integrate your visionary experiences into your purpose, get clear on your entrepreneurial path and help people while you do what you love, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to The Psychedelic Entrepreneur, medicine for these times. I'm your host, Beth Weinstein. I'm a spiritual business coach, three-time entrepreneur, and a lifelong student of psychedelics and sacred plant medicines. You carry your own unique medicine, and your medicine is what we need for these times. This podcast will help you to share your medicine so you can create transformation in the world. Listen in on conversations with psychedelic leaders, changemakers, and conscious entrepreneurs who are living proof that a better world is possible when you follow your heart and live in alignment with your soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Medicine for These Times, the Psychedelic Entrepreneur. I am so honored to have Tracy T. from Moms on Mushrooms with us today. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for being here. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to connect with you. I already feel like the vibe. Even even previously on social media, I was like, wow, I like this woman. I like what she's up to. You're probably, we probably have a lot of similar astrology signs. <laughs> Are you like, just only in like Aries? Like I'm just all Aries. <laughs> That's it. That's so funny because I'm a Sag Sun Leo Moon Capricorn oh, Rising. I'm an Aries like, sun, ca- Cancer moon, which explains the crying and the spirituality. But then like Aries rising, Aries in my Aries house. Like when I first got my chart, she was just like, oh, oh, it's just all Aries. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, yes. I have so much fire in my chart. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I'm, I had to move to the country and like slow it down and drink a gallon of water a day. Girl, <laughs> I, I feel it. that deeply. <laughs> So we'll we'll go into uh, Tracy's background. So Tracy has been actively involved in the mom momosphere for over ten years. First co-creating and starting the national touring cult hit comedy show for moms called the Pump and Dump Show, while co-producing Band of Mothers podcast and serving as a co-founder and CEO of the Pump and Dump Show's umbrella brand, Band of Mothers Media. During the pandemic and during her own journey with psilocybin, Tracy began to feel called to support moms in a deeper and more meaningful way. In 2022, she launched an an online community and digital microdosing courses created exclusively for moms called M-O-M, Moms on Mushrooms. Tracy's goal is to bring moms together through the sacred use of plant medicine for a shared journey of personal growth and healing. And I will say, I didn't know this about you, but Tracy weaves in a sacred facilitator approach into the Moms on Mushrooms ethos, calling on the support of the sacred feminine and sacred mother earth to connect back for women to connect back to themselves through prayer, herbology, grounding, nature, and of course, plant medicine. And I really honor that um, because the one and only episode I think I've recorded myself talking about my microdosing protocol and I talk about the energetics and the spirit and the intention and, you know, like, I don't actually care about the dosage. I don't do protocols. I just like tap in. And honestly, I've gotten to the point where I hate to say this. It sounds so cliche, but if I just work with the spirit of the medicine, I start to feel it. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, I oh don't my, even need it anymore. Oh, my. Well, <laughs> that was like shown to me in a journey. And then so I always say that I'm um, like I'm raised by medicine women. So my entry to this path was like through underground shamanic healers that I knew nothing about. And I, um, I really just sort of like 
showed up at their doorstep. Um, and, and I've been like a green witch for so long. I didn't realize like how much I've loved plants my whole life. Like I've always studied plant medicine and herbology and then just sort of like told myself because I'm a mother, because I never really did drugs that I couldn't do the psychedelic side mm. until it became so blatantly apparent that I, that I needed to. So yeah, I don't talk about it much either, but I love that you said that because one of the big hurdles we have inside our community when we teach courses is everyone's like, well, how many, you know, how many times a day do I have to do it? What's the protocol? When do I take it? And I'm just like, y'all, we don't need another dude in a coat telling us how to take things. Like time to listen to this. Like it's, yeah. and you, and it sounds so woo, but I do believe it's an energy. I talk to it all the time and it talks to you back and it's so hard to describe it until you experience it. But uh, yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I've I've actually interviewed both Paul Stamets and James Fadiman and asked them both about their protocols. And it's kind of funny. I love them. I yeah, respect them both. Totally. But, you know, one of them got a little like defensive about his protocol. And, you know, the other was like, this is how it's done. And I just I and it's funny because I told both of them, I was like, well, I've just always listened to my intuition. And they're like, hmm. <laughs> you know, like, no, girl, no. They're probably sitting there going, this girl's not getting any benefits. But, you know, then again, I'm not doing it to repair. You know, I'm not doing it for like physical reasons or depression. I, I actually do it just for like, oh, today I feel a need for it. And then sometimes I go weeks and I don't yeah. feel anything. So I love it. I love that you're teaching it this way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to teach it that way because it's it's not in our brains. And so much of kind of what we present is like permission to unlearn everything that we've been told. And it's so hard. And it's so hard not to be like, I'm going to crush this microdosing thing. I'm going to do like 30 day microdosing, you know, like it's so intense out there. And and we're, the expectation that we're going to and the, and also that microdosing is going to, you're going to like lose 50 pounds and save your marriage and write a book and start a business. It's like ridiculous. It's just needs to be so much softer. And that's, that's how I found it. And then actually big things do happen, but you can't, you got to get off that like pipe train a little bit. Yeah. I love it. It's what we were talking about before we got on camera about this kind of this paradigm that I always refer to as the old paradigm that yeah. I don't personally feel a part of anymore, and except that we all still have yeah. to be on some level. Right. But yeah, there is another way. And honestly, it's been working really well for me and all my clients. And when we shift into this other way of really going inward and tuning inward and also understanding that these plants actually, I mean, everything I believe is a spirit and there's a way to connect. And we can connect with you know, I always use this as the example, like this to me is the strongest medicine I've ever worked with. Yeah. It's like the spirit of the water. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that we're talking about this, but I want to back up a little because I've never understood your whole story. Um, you know, I didn't realize you've done so much. I was like, oh, it's a mom who's coming about <laughs> a, coming out about mushrooms. Great. Like we need more of this. Right. Because I... I will, um, at, it's funny, I'm supposed to be writing an article for, Rick Doblin asked me to write this article for MAPS about how I did acid at the age of 14 and mm. how I'm so glad that I got started at a very young age. Mm. And I remember having this conversation when my mom found out, because my brother told my mom somehow. As they do. Um, yeah. And I was like, ah. And then she confronted me and I, I looked at her and I was like, but wait, you are a hippie. 
Like, what were you doing? And here's the thing. She had lied to me and said, oh, I never did any drugs. And then, of course, you know, 15 years later, she's like, ah, you know, the truth came out. But it was this, you know, it was like that shame and that like, oh, now I have to go hide it. And then, of course, that doesn't help things. No. But I'm curious, you know, what brought you to even get into the the mom business in the first place? Obviously, you must have kids. Um, <laughs> yes. But let's hear about what you used to do and then how this kind of morphed into the Moms on Mushrooms. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely like the real... No one is more surprised that I've been working in the mom space since I became a mom than me. Like no one. And no one is more surprised that I'm here talking with you about psychedelics. Like... I, my path has just been sort of laid out in front of me. Um, I'll try to truncate it, but I, I come from a theater and writing background. And um, when my daughter was around two years old, really, really young, one of my best friends from the eighth grade um, moved back to Denver. We kind of, you know, moved, I moved to LA. She moved to New York during our 20s and 30s. She came back. Our daughters were three weeks apart. She was pregnant with her second and over play dates, truly, and trying to like, and just in the throes of new parenthood, just it's so hard to describe like the exhaustion and how your mind is not really your mind when you're raising little kids. Like you're just sort of like going through the motions and just trying to survive. And so, and, and then as creators, especially Shana, my partner, she was like desperate to do something performative and creative just so she had an outlet so she could feel like human. And so we created this comedy show called the pump and dump show that we wrote like on no sleep. It started in a bar in Northwest Denver for free. I don't even remember how we like made it up there to do the show. And the first night we did it, there was like 75 women who showed up. Um, and this was back in uh, 2012. So bef- really before even social media is the epic thing that it is now. I don't even know how people showed up. The next month we came in to, to the bar to do the show and the manager looked at us wide-eyed and they were like, um, people have been calling all day. They want reservations for groups of like 10. They're like, we don't take reservations. We're a bar. So we just knew we were onto something. And we... I think we are just at the right place at the right time. And really what the show is about. So pumping and dumping is like a tongue in cheek. Like you, if you want to drink, there's a wives tale that you pump your milk and then the baby doesn't drink the alcohol that's in the milk. So it was really all about like getting it off your chest. And we really just like created this show where we said the things that every mom was thinking. And we were kind of like the jerks Mm -hmm. that said it and gave moms permission to just laugh about everything that we had in common. And it grew from there. We ended up, touring the country nationally every big club theater music venue you can think of we did it we were on the today show it blew up we had a podcast um and then in 2018 our bodies were broken (laughs) from like raising children and touring the country Mm. and um we were just we knew it was time to kind of pass the torch so we just put every red penny that we had into our business and created two new casts one out of LA one out of Chicago to tour regionally and um did that in the latter half of 2018 and 2019 and then by 2020 everything was ready we had almost 100 shows booked between January and June of 2020 and then March hit and i watched a business that we spent nearly 10 years building mm-hmm slip through my fingers in a matter of weeks. 
and no shows in 2020. 2021, you know, everyone's pivoting, pivoting, pivoting. We just never could really get it back on track. And eventually at the end of 2021, we were just like, we threw in the towel. And um, so, so, but the show, when we were traveling, you know, the beautiful thing about it, our umbrella company was called Band of Mothers. And we really did believe that moms could come together and it didn't matter whether you tried you know, eight-year-old placenta or never tried a cloth diaper. Like we still all wipe butts, right? We still have so many things in common. And after the show, we would hear story after story of women just feeling so alone, so alienated, so broken. Um, and we would cry ourselves to sleep in the hotel rooms, like after our shows from these stories. And when I started working with, when I started microdosing in 2020, after I lost my business and the grief of all that, plus navigating, having a third grader and trying to explain to her online school. I mean, she didn't have a computer. She didn't know what Zoom was like in a pandemic and like all the bullshit that came with the lockdowns. Um, you know, the mushrooms showed up in a big way for me and, and truly saved me. And as I started to work with them and kind of come out of the shroom closet to other moms, what I realized is the thing that we did with comedy, bringing moms together through laughter, that was kind of like the before times, right? And now it just became so obvious that now we need to start talking and that this medicine is showing up in such a big way in this moment in history to heal us because we are past the point of return. We have gotten so upside down and this medicine is like, okay, I'm here to help you. And for some reason, by the grace of God, I just slipped in and again, reluctantly. And this was after like journeys and a, a series of other events. It was just sort of shown to me that this had to happen. And then I was in meditation one day and moms on mushrooms, MOM, just sort of like, dropped into my head and I sat up and I was like, well, that's genius. Obviously someone's doing this, you know, and no one was. And I was like, fuck, not me. It doesn't, it should not be me, but I guess it is. So. Oh my God. I love the story. I love it. And, um, I can totally relate, you know, that, that kind of same thing. I actually said no to the, you know, downloads or whatever we want to call them. They were coming through for years. I was like, there's no way I'm going to come out and talk about this. Like it was a very small group of people. And um, it yeah. was a huge part of my path as well. But it was like, you know, do I need to talk about this? No one's talking about it. It was still kind of like, you know, this is before 2019 and yeah. things were still kind of yeah. like, eh. But yeah, I mean, I love this story because we've heard of so many people during the pandemic, you know, yeah. not only were their businesses completely destroyed, but then also their, their spirits crushed. Yeah. I mean, I was with um, my former partner who was a, had custody of his teenage daughter throughout the pandemic. And it was like a horrible experience. I mean, it was hard as shit. It was hard. I, it was really I look hard. back and I'm like, oh my God, you know, like I'm surprised we didn't break up then. Um, Seriously. But yeah, we've heard a lot of people, you know, turning to microdosing. I'm curious, you know, did you ever touch any psychedelics before these mushrooms came in at all? Like, so no, <clears throat> um, I smoked my fair share of weed and I was, I've been a big drinker my whole life. Um, in college, I never did ecstasy. I never did co I never did anything. And then, um, that summer of 2020, Shana, same business partner, she called me and she's like, um, 
I want you to come camping with me and a bunch of other women. Most of them are moms up in Boulder by a lake. And she's like, and you're going to put your big girl pants on and you're going to take some shrooms. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that was Love the first her. time. 40, 44 years old. I mean, literally middle-aged housewife. Never done anything. Went camping, ate the shrooms. And I, when I was driving up, I was like, something in my soul was just telling me like, if this is the experience that you think it is, it's almost like I knew what was going to happen. And then there's something there. And it had been calling to me. Like I'd been a big fan of Paul Stamets. I'd gone like years before to go see him speak by myself, like scalped a ticket. Like I've loved psychedelics for a really long time. I was super interested in ayahuasca way before it became trendy, but I just never thought I could do it. And so I finally did it. And it was everything that I thought. And there was something there. And when I was driving back from the camping trip, like so life affirmed, so connected to God, so expanded, I was just like, this is it. This is everything. <laughs> this is it. And then um, for a bunch of reasons, one of which, one of the major ones is motherhood, but also I had had a full hysterectomy at 41. Mm -hmm. So I went into surgical menopause at 41 years old and was actually on Wellbutrin, thank God, to like navigate the mood swings because when you have a full hysterectomy you i walk in with hormones i left the ho hospital without any i had i was having hot flashes within 24 hours of the surgery so i was really trying to find ways to mitigate this insane ridiculous change to my body um that didn't involve wellbutrin and so everything about microdosing just made sense um and and it and it worked it just it that's all worked huge. yeah yeah that's huge um, because as we know, um, I was actually just talking to a friend the other day who said he was, he was going to facilitate a circle and did everybody's intakes and every single person was on an antidepressant. And, um, you know, some of them weren't even aware of what they were on. And I was like, wow, I forget how much this, this is just part of our society, especially the last few years. I mean, I get it. There have been moments where I'm like, oh my God, now I remember why I, you know, like wanted to do so many drugs or was handed antidepressants as a 19 yeah. year old in college. You know, it's just, it's challenging times. And then you throw in parenthood and you throw in, um, you know, probably most mothers, I mean, at least everyone I know is a working, working mom. My mom was working, you know, like very, I, I know few to know stay at home moms these days because I don't know, the world we live in. It's quite expensive, yeah, it's especially expensive. here in the U.S. <laughs> you know, one time there was, um, I'll never forget this moment when I was on the road touring. So this was quite a few years ago. We were in Dallas, Texas, and we were like on a step and repeat, taking photos with everybody. And we were talking with this mom and it was Dallas moms. And like they were all just so beautiful and so put together. And everyone was just so like pretty and I'm like, where do you get your clothes and why do they all match? And why does everyone look so good? And we were just laughing and joking. And this woman, she looked at us both and she goes, oh, everyone here is on pills. Everyone here takes pills. We're all on pills. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, we're all that like so matter of fact that everyone's just on on something and we see it mm -hmm. all the time in mom. And you're right. Like most people are like, well, I'm on this and this and I think I'm on a couple other ones. They don't even know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, this is what I want to ask about next. Um, it's funny. So I lived in New York City for over 20 years, and I moved two hours outside the city back in 2018, 17, 18. And um, recently, just a few months ago, I had heard, because someone gave me this, a sample of um, 
I don't know if you've heard of Park Slope, Brooklyn. It's kind of this like notorious. Yeah. yeah. So there's this big farmer's market and I used to go there all the time and I love it. But it's, you know, it's like a scene and yeah. Park Slope's like yeah. the moms. And of course, if you live in Park Slope and mm-hmm. you have kids, you probably have a fair amount of money because mm-hmm. it's a quite expensive place to live. I mean, most of New York is. Um, so supposedly there's a rumor that there's someone just blatantly selling psilocybin, um, you know, supplements at the farmer's market, like out in the open now, um, which I'm like, Hey, all the power to them. And my friend was telling me, she's like, yeah, all the moms in park slope are now doing mushrooms. And I was Mm. like, Oh, this is fascinating because previously they probably were just, you know, numbing themselves Mm -hmm. with something else. Mm -hmm. And now they're maybe, opening up and maybe processing feelings and who knows, um, you know, to me, yeah, mushrooms can make you feel good, but they also bring a lot to the surface. Also, they you make know, you this- feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you will cry. You will cry. Um, but I'm curious, like, why why moms yeah. and why mushrooms for moms? And what is it, like, what is the premise? Is it because they're, it's just, we all know it's hard and then you throw in how much harder it is and then they're going through these waves of emotions or is it more just like, hey, let's get together and like kind of trip and compare journeys. I'm curious, like what is the, the premise of being in a mom's group and on mushrooms? Um, I actually think it's much deeper than that and it's um, it goes back a lot further. The more I talk to moms, the more I do this work, the more I do my own healing you know, I'm not a historian or a sociologist, but I, I have this feeling that like we've never really gotten it right for mothers this whole time, like for for decades, for generations, for centuries. It is incredibly, I, I want to say difficult, but it's not even the right word. It's just such a trip to raise a kid. <laughs> if you are fortunate enough to grow a baby inside your body and birth a kid that's its own thing and it truly is a portal that you go through and this isn't to say that like moms are better or were or anything or you know better than anybody else it's just it's a shared life experience that is really hard to define and i think our western western culture specifically has really taken the spirit and the holiness out of raising children. And it has been layered on with, you know, as women, you know, collectively, we all know this patriarchal, and this isn't me hating men. This is just the way it is. It's the industrial revolution. It's the evolution of our society. We moved really far, really fast. And women got caught, like we kind of like got caught in the middle of it. And also we kind of got forgotten And I don't think we've ever really found the right place for women in society or mothers. And so I think there is a lot, like I was saying, you know, when my daughter was two and I was just going through the motions, it's like, we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know really how to live in this world while balancing raising humans and also like being a human, being a woman who happens to be a mother, receiving support, offering support, letting people raise their families that for what's best for them without judgment, raising your own family without judgment, um, loving your body, nurturing your body, nourishing it when it goes through these big portals. I just don't think we've 
gotten it right. And I think we're at a place now where, like we just talked about, you know, the one, the one thing that's been common, especially for like, we'll just say the, like the, the American mother is that it's totally fine for moms to numb out. And that's actually, I mean, you kind of even implied it. It's like the, it's like the expectation, right? Like, oh, mommy's little helper. Oh, she just needs her Valium. Um, oh, you know, wine mom. Oh, they can just get together and drink. Like, it's all like a little bit sad and condescending. Like, oh, well, we understand it's hard and we're just going to let them have this thing, but we're not going to let them fucking like come out and expand and be embodied and powerful. And I think microdosing for mothers is the antithesis of this historical way moms have been treated. And it's like, finally, now we're like, no, no more. We're done. We're done carrying the ancestral trauma. We're done carrying the pain of our parents. We're done doing what we're told because we don't have a choice. We're done feeling guilty about everything. We're done. Like, second guessing ourselves and we just and we're done like not being allowed to be women like dads are men and they're dads they're not just dads but when you there's this expectation that when you become a mother like that's it you lose your first name your last name and your identity and you're just a mom even you know if you're a working mom you're you're a working mom (laughs) you're not a working woman who's you know doing great things in the world and you can have both and it's not sustainable for our souls. And so that's why I think it's important because we're ready to break out of that. And when we do that, that's when I believe we become the best mothers because we're fully embodied women and we're modeling to our children what it means to like live your best life. And, and like, sorry for my language, but like fucking love your kids, like love this gift that you've been given, but also love that you're going to go off and do other things. And we just haven't gotten that right yet. Wow. This is so powerful. And I'm like, I'm feeling it so deeply. And I keep having, um, you know, the word expectation coming up. Like I, it's funny. I love my, I love my mom, but you know, it's been a deep journey, um, to come to terms with, you know, the, the generational traumas, the, you know, the fact that my parents did their best, but you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a child of divorce. I'm, I'm like your very typical American family. It's like they got married. They didn't know what they were doing. They were young. They were trying to make ends meet people, you know, they were busy working and then it all, it all unraveled. And, you know, there's like various stories in there, including, you know, numbing with alcohol and being, um, you know, a dad that just, kind of disappeared a lot more than probably not, you know, than we would have liked. So, um, and I, I keep thinking this too, like you definitely feel right when it's like, we've gotten this all wrong, but it's societally, it seems that there's these expectations, you know, like you mentioned the guilt, it's like, oh, well back, back at least before a few years ago, it was not okay to talk about the challenges or how hard it was or um, how you felt. It's like, you just had to be this great mom that was like, always showed up. And then, yeah, like you stress out and lose your shit on your kids or on your whole family. And then it's just kind of like, oh, mom's mom's being crazy, you know, or like mm-hmm. that, that kind of like, ah, just control yourself. And it's funny, um, one of the very first moments of awareness during um, my very first ever ayahuasca ceremony it was like this super clear image that just showed my parents as kids having kids and them yeah. not knowing what they were doing yeah. and just doing their best while also juggling like 
all this other stuff, you know, and it's, it's, and the expectations are like, well, you also have to cook. You also have to clean. You have to have a nice house. You know, you have to drive the kids places. The kids had to play piano and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, and it's only gotten more intense over the years because I watch, you know, friends and family, you know, their kids are involved in 200 different activities. Now getting into college is harder than ever. It's everything costs, you know, quadruple the amount. Mm-hmm. And it's like the amount of pressure in our Western world here. I mean, yeah, you and I can pretty much only speak for America. Yeah. But it's I've seen this with clients in Australia and yeah. Europe as yeah. well, where it's like it's a very Western yeah. problem where it's like and then. What about living your own life too? Um, I actually get a lot of moms as clients who, you know, their kids are maybe now teenagers or out of the house and they're like, who am I? Who am I? Yeah. Like, what do I do now? I think I want to do something for me. And it's hard because even like, even just admitting that. And I'm curious, what, what comes up a lot in your community? Is it like this? Like a lot of people reach this point where they're like, I don't even know who I am. Or is it like the stress of the world or is it just every, you know, like I'm curious what the overarching themes are of the the struggles of moms today. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's all of that, you know, it's um, and, and it's, it's like, sometimes it's like women sort of show up at our doorstep and they don't even know why they just know that their soul is like, this ain't working anymore. Um a lot of it is very simply, I just want to be present for my children. Um, you know, a really big thing for a mom is to admit that she just like doesn't like playing with her kids. Like when I finally said out loud, I hate doing crafts. <laughs> Eat it. I'm not good at it. It doesn't fill my cup. I don't like it. My kid's not that great at it. So like, it's like very like... You don't even get the you don't even get the satisfaction of like having something cute at the end. Like it's okay. You don't have to be. And then there's this new thing that's kind of emerged over the last probably 10, 15 years that like now not only do you have to be the super parent and all the things, you also have to be their best friend and their playmate. And, you know, we we see these memes go around about how, you know, kids in the 90s, we just rode our bikes around till it was dark and then came home. Yeah, exactly. So there's like there's a layer of fear that's happened. Um, and then on top of the fear, then there's like judgment, right? Because if someone else is letting her kid run around, um, then you're like, well, she's a terrible mother. It, it's just this self-perpetuating thing. It, and so really it's like all of it and it's not sustainable. And there's no, there's no nexus to come home to, right? Like church used to be our thing. There's no community, Church used to be the thing, but what we're realizing now is like this top-down hierarchical thing of just like one guy telling you how it is, isn't serving. And yes, in like inside church Bible studies and different things like that, like that's the important stuff because people are talking and, and we're not talking anymore because we don't have community. And then we're so overwhelmed with social media and all the things that go on there. You don't know if you're coming or going, you don't, you literally never know if you're making the right choice as a mother. And I mean, can you imagine, I mean, we already feel like that as women. Can you imagine feeling like that, like on behalf of one, if not several other human beings, like it's not sustainable. And so it's all, yeah, it's all of that. And, and the, and the crazy part is on top of that, what you were saying is like, you're not allowed to talk about your feelings. You're not allowed to talk about your pain. You know, we don't, 
we're finally just now starting to scratch the surface on women's health issues and PMDD and perimenopause and how uncomfortable it is and how hard it is. And we're just now starting to dip our toe in that. But again, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years of women bearing this burden, like it's like, like, like we're just supposed to grin and bear it. It all just sort of accumulates and it's too much. And, and so then women come to mom and they think, well, microdosing will help. But then what they realize is these, all of these feelings start to come up and out. And we've also developed as a society, a resistance to feeling uncomfortable, a resistance to those crunchy edges, a resistance to crying for a week. Everything is a diagnosis, right? Julia Mira talks about this all the time. Like everything is a diagnosis. And so now the minute you start to actually feel your feelings, you're like, there's something wrong with me. I got to go back on the pills. Oh, and no. you're rewarded because your doctors will generally agree with you because we don't want a hysterical woman. We do not want hysterical women. We don't want sad women. We don't want big feeling women. We want everyone to just put their best face forward. And, and that, that is not what psychedelics do like at all. <laughs> That is the that is the atomic bomb ready to go off, which I I mean, I think a lot of us are already feeling like, well, look at our society. It's going off because there's yeah. been this suppression and repression. And like, you know, like even when you said the hysterical woman, I'm like, oh, my God, what year was that from? Like the 40s or 50s when they would you must or it was like, I think it was even earlier than that. You were hysterical if you and it's like, well, actually, I mean, we, were we just used to chloroform women yeah. when they gave birth. Like, because we didn't even want to hear a woman scream when she was pushed. I mean, if you if you really dig at the underneath of that, it's so dark. I know. And our mothers carry that through. I mean, I always think of my mother-in-law. She's this beautiful little Scottish flower, like straight from Scotland. My husband's Scottish. Um, grew up in this little village. And she told me that after she had her children, that the church, because that was everything, they would just show up unannounced. And it was like they were coming to visit you, but everyone knew it was like a check-in. So she lived in perpetual fear that her house wasn't anything but perfect with two tiny children doing everything herself and then just terrified of someone knocking on the door to come in and just openly judge her. That's oh just one woman's experience in a tiny village in Scotland. Like, I mean, it is so deep and so dark, you know? Hey everyone, just a quick break to remind you that the True Path Entrepreneur Group Mastermind Program is open for enrollment now. We start at the beginning of 2024 in January, but we are starting to take applications now. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out the Mastermind webpage on my site at bethaweinstein.com slash mastermind. This is a 12-month group community-oriented mastermind program where you learn how to start, grow, and get clients in your business so that you can help more people, make a difference in the world, and do work that you absolutely love. This mastermind program is designed for new and early stage coaches, healers, psychedelic entrepreneurs, therapists, and anybody who wants to do transformational work in the world and wants to learn the exact steps you need to know to grow your business to the next level, to be able to share your unique medicine and make a difference in the world. So again, that's bethaweinstein.com slash mastermind. The True Path Entrepreneur Group Business Coaching Mastermind Program is open now. 
It's funny because I know I think about my childhood and um, yeah, I, I was very blessed to grow up in like suburb of San Francisco where it's like we had a million houses next to us and we could play in the streets and yeah, there was shit that went down, but like it was generally safe and that that level of fear wasn't out there yeah. where it was. We were out until it was dark and then you came home yeah. and it was fine and like. I never remember playing with my parents ever. No, like, me either. Rude. And I don't regret, I'm not mad about it. Like they were oh, love so great. They were like, go outside, please. You know, like yeah. it was amazing. But it's funny. I just was telling someone recently how I visited my mom last month. And I was like, yeah, it's weird. She lives in one of these neighborhoods. It's like a housing development. And I've never seen kids play on the street. It's the weirdest thing for you. It's like been 20 years. And I'm like, God, why is it that I come here and there's never kids on the street? And I know there's kids. Because there's a ton of young families there. And I'm like, where are all these kids? But the, the world has changed. And yeah, like the level of fear. And then, you know, now kids are being shuttled to 12 different kinds of classes and programs. And, you know, it's like we're just in a different world. And I agree. It's like what you said. It's It gets very overwhelming. And then you throw in things like social media. You throw in the schools. You throw in um you know, like work and the the striving for this, like, oh, trying to hold it all together and not show your feelings. And I, I'm glad you're talking about this because, of course, you know, definitely in the last few years or maybe the fact that I'm in the personal development industry, mm -hmm. there are more people out there talking about, like, the realities of being a mom. Mm -hmm. But that's, to me, in a large, in the grand scheme of things, that's very recent only. You know, it's not... um and it's still like just becoming a little more accepted. Now I'm curious, you know, let's, I want to hear how MOM, the, the program or this community works. When I had the vision for mom, I really wanted a place where, again, like I was saying, people can just come together and talk. So the, 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 the first and foremost thing is we just have an online community that's off social media where it's called the grow that moms can just come together and talk. And I really believe to your point, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I don't, it's not rocket science. Like it, and I think we don't need another guru or influencer telling us how to do this. I believe we can learn together and you learn so much by hearing and listening to the experiences of others and comparing them to your own lived experience. And I think just having that shared experience of motherhood just deepens that trust muscle a little bit more. And also it's like, you just, you know, you, you see the world through the lens of motherhood. That's just how it is. So you see microdosing through the lens of motherhood. So our, our monthly membership, um, it's $4 a month. It's going to be in 2024 or 20. Yeah. Is that where we're going into 2024? It's going to be $2 a month. It's really not about the money. It's about getting troll, keeping trolls away. Um, and that we start talking together. So there's there's a monthly membership that anyone can join. And my vision is really that we have experienced psychonauts that have been doing this for decades and, and people who are terrified of it, but maybe curious and are just circling the pond and we all talk together. So that's number one. Number two, the real core, the foundation of everything is our three and a half month course, which is in cohorts of 10 women or less, where you learn how to create your own intentional microdosing practice. Again, we're not scientists. I'm not a doctor. It's not us telling you how to do it. It's saying, let's create a relationship with this medicine. Take it slow. We made it this far without it. 
for this long. Like there's no need to rush into anything and just jam four grams down your throat. Let's take it nice and slow and see what it feels like in our body. And over the period of months, let's start peeling back those onion layers and giving ourselves permission to go through the ebbs and flows of feeling our feelings again. And that takes a long time, especially if you've decided to titrate off your SSRIs or change up your lifestyle and really embrace change. It's a big shock to the system. So that's like, it's um, creatively called course one because I couldn't think of anything else to call it. But like, that's really the foundation. That's where we encourage everyone because there's support. And again, it's like mothers talking to mothers. And then the other part is we have a microdosing 101 for moms, like instant course so that you just don't follow hashtag psilocybin on Instagram, which is a terrible idea, you know, and just, it's like written for a mom by a mom. Again, I am no way the preeminent expert on psychedelics, not even close, but it's enough to get you started and empower yourself with knowledge. And then I cite enough sources for you to keep going and keep learning. And one thing that I'm seeing that is raising a little concern to me is everyone is kind of at this 11 mark in their life and they're about ready to pop. And so Americans love to just take one little thing and then just like blow it up. And so there's this urgency to start microdosing yesterday and people don't really want to talk about like what it is or why it is and, and how it works. And again, I think in our Western culture, we don't have any context or connection to ceremony to, 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 to plant medicine, to entheogenic medicine. And it takes time to develop that relationship and to unlearn what medicine means in the Western sense and integrate something that, to your point, is intuitive, that's slower, that's softer, that's a co-creation rather than just swallowing back a bunch of pills and just waiting for your life to change. And that's, that's really what we're, that's what we're here for. Mm. I'm so glad you just mentioned that because because I I have been saying this since day one that the especially like the mass media is really into like psychedelics will just fix everything. I mean, it makes a really good story. It's like this has been proven to cure depression. So there's what I've seen over the years is there's a lot of people just like jumping in and and kind of almost like that desperation, which I get, you know, we are yeah. kind of at that desperation point yeah. in our society. But people coming in saying like, okay, well, because I've seen this with ketamine, like, okay, I'll just start doing ketamine therapy. And then they're doing ketamine once a week. And it's like, how is this any different than taking an antidepressant? You know, and it's it's the same thing with microdosing. It's like, oh, I've heard this will make me um, so much more creative and I'll publish my book in two months, you know, but. And there is that kind of like, oh, let's just jump in and get and take and like this will fix and really, it's like you said, like, well, there's way more to it than that. And and honestly, it's not just this fix all. It's not it's this actually magic not that pill. cute, like at all. <laughs> it's <No>. not cute. <laughs> yeah, that's I know it's it's funny. I, I actually did a whole Facebook live on this last year where I had to give someone their money back because they were like, I want to jump into psilocybin and, and the industry and just like give it to all my patients who currently do ketamine. And I'm like, have you ever done this? Have you ever Ooh, tried it and seen yeah. what it's like? Because it's not like that, um, no. you know, and it's just I'm glad you, you're mentioning taking it slow, tuning in, developing relationships and also really talking about what's actually happening is like feeling the truth of your feelings. Yeah. And, and I'm curious. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. 
I was going to ask, like, what what happens then after, let's say, a mom is new to this and they've been microdosing for a while and they've kind of gone through your courses? What have you seen change? Like, what is the kind of um, the gist of like where they start and where they go? Is it that they're just more in tune with themselves or is it like, are you seeing some women make like massive life changes or like, are, are there any of these, like, you know, the miracle stories that we all hear yeah, about? Yeah, I would say there's kind of like three buckets. Um, we definitely see a lot of talk of divorce. We've had our fair share of moms come out of the closet, realize that their sexuality lies in another bucket. Um, and that's exciting and sort of terrifying. And that's like every facilitators, you know, you go, we do these large dose journeys and you're like, right, I'm selling my house. I'm leaving my husband and I'm gay now. And like, you know, everyone, if they're good is like, maybe just sit with that for a few months until you, it might be true. Um, and we've got you, but like, maybe just sit with that. Um, so we definitely see that, but usually those women are already have been on a massive life path. And this was just, I always describe like, mushrooms they're like they're like the little helpers that are pushing your butt over a fence you know like they're it's not really about the mushrooms at the end of the day right it's about the work you're doing and they're just the little helper that's pushing you over the top so that's bucket one bucket two is my favorite which is seeing women come in a lot of mothers who come in and we really run the gamut. We have mothers who are, you know, weeks postpartum that just know that this is right for them. And we don't take a stance on whether you should or should do that. That know that it's right. And we have mothers who have grandkids, a lot, a big portion of our community is mothers like 50, 60 plus, um, who are in their third act of life and are like, I'm not ending this. I'm not ending this last round, like without doing it my way. And I need help. So it's, that's really cool. And so what we see is women coming in, in a, in a decent level of just stress, confusion, um, in that crossroads of like just slightly before the edge of kind of an awakening and then watching someone who with determination and devotion and commitment, like you just see their eyes, like wake up and you kind of just watch them pop. And it, there's nothing that we can, we can do except just hold space for that woman and just cheer her on because her path is her own and it's and but that she knows that she can do it inside a safe container so that's like my favorite bucket is just seeing that oh i got it you know and what you do from that that could be years before you really act on it, as we all know and then the third um is a lot of women walking up to that edge and you see it as a facilitator you see it and you're like go 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 you're so close you're so close and then they're like nope and they turn right around and walk back. The change is too terrifying. Um, there's too many implications a lot with the partners. There's no way. There's no way he'll understand. There's no way he'll listen to me. There's no way I'll have a husband. There's no way I'll have my friends. I'm not ready to do it. Um, or even, you know, sometimes I'm surprised at what I'm, what the words coming out of my mouth, like who is this other person? And it's just like, shut it down and go. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that's, that's kind of how, it's kind of how we see it. And, and we see too, like people, you know, go through and have a fine time. And then like a year later, we'll come back and their whole lives has changed, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of the medicine. And I think that's the beauty of like being in this space. 
I always say like you have to do enough drugs where your ego just isn't involved like at all. It's not about us achieving a desired outcome from others. It's about holding the space and telling, giving them permission to change however that looks for them. Yep. That's exactly it. It's like, you know, all you can do is hold the space, give them the guidance, you know, maybe, uh, like, here's what's worked with me. Here's some other stories. But in the end, you know, everybody's on their own sovereign path. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I love what you say about like some of these women go through these major transformations. I get a lot of this in my program, you know, people like, they come to me and they're like, okay, something's off. I know what I, I, I'm here to serve. And then they quit their jobs and then they give up their nursing license and then they decide not to be doctors anymore. I mean, these are huge mm-hmm. things, but these were already brewing, you know, yeah. it's like they were already in there and it's just getting the courage and the awareness of like, well, actually I've been unhappy for this many years yeah. or I haven't wanted to be married anymore. And now there's just kind of the truth coming out. And yeah, exactly like you said, there's also that kind of that fear of like the discomfort. But my belief is, you know, you're opening the little door, the little tiny portal and who knows, you know, sometimes it takes years and we'll see. But I'm, I'm also curious, has, has your being in your community, has it led to a lot of women wanting to then go experience like higher doses oh, yeah. or <laughs> yeah and we a hundred percent encourage that like i that is absolutely a necessary part of the psychedelic experience again my theory and this goes against like what a lot of my mentors believe it comes back to that modern american woman and i just don't think that rushing into a high dose ceremony without any context, any relationship with the medicine, you can just become incredibly destabilized. And I'm just as protective of mothers as I am of the medicine, right? And so what I don't want is for someone to go to a retreat or hire and pay a bunch of money for a guide and have this huge experience and not understand what integration is, not have the patience for integration, not have the support for integration, And you're pretty, you can be pretty jacked up with that. And then again, you go back and you're still raising kids. So you're, you're trying to like make sense of what you just saw while you're making PB and J's for school lunch. And it's, it's not a good combination. So I say again, take it slow, microdose for a few months, feel the medicine in your body, create a relationship to it, understand what it means, teach yourself about it. And then with that support, please go do a large dose journey, a hundred percent, but do it wisely and understand what's going to work for you. You know, there's a lot of hesitation, especially with mothers. I mean, most moms who come into our course don't even feel like they should be taking the course. They think like it's spending too much money on themselves, too much time, you know, an hour and a half every other week. It's too much. I don't deserve it. And so to say, go and do this other big thing is a big leap for most moms. So I just think you need to take your time moving into it. But yes, 100%, we encourage it. I pray for it. And I think it's necessary for sure. That's great. And I'm so, I'm so glad you take this stance. I am the, the irony of someone working in the psychedelic space, a lot like me, I'm constantly talking about how it's not about that. You know, like we don't necessarily need the big dose. It's not for everybody. You know, I have seen people go in opposite directions over and over. I've actually had to uh, tell clients to stop 
working with psychedelics. Mm. Like take a break for six months and get grounded a little and like get on the earth. And I've had personally, I've worked with pretty much everything there is for over 30 years. And I've had one of my biggest breakthroughs on a, a tiny little half a gram. You know, it's like we don't necessarily need our nervous systems and our brains blown, especially if you don't have that proper integration and support and you have a whole family and all these other responsibilities. And so I'm so glad that that's the message and it's not just to be taken and blown out of proportion that now moms all need to be um, going to psychedelic ceremonies every other weekend. So <laughs> it's not, it's not the way. And also like I, the last thing we need to do is put more pressure on moms to do another thing. <laughs> you know, like, like you're, you know, I have so many moms who come through our course and they're like convinced they're not doing the course right or they're failing the course. And we're just like, girl, you know, no, you know, it, there's so much unlearning to do. So the last thing you need to do is feel guilted or pressured into doing three and a half grams of penis envy when you just need to, you just need a good night's sleep, you know, yeah. like you just need take to a bath. take up. I literally wrote into my course, take a bath. Like that is part of the coursework is taking a bath and people are like, oh, no, no. No, I couldn't possibly take a bath. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? You know, there's a lot of healing things. Drink some tea. You know? Yeah. Like just lay in the lay in your backyard that you spend so much money manicuring. Like lay in that grass and see how it feels. Raise your face to the sun and feel the warmth on your face. There's so much medicine out there, you know? I'm constantly telling tell, I probably tell my clients to go outside and hike without their phone more than I would tell them to do any marketing. But then how do you and know what so steps you get? <laughs> I know. It's so funny, though, because I'm like, oh, my God, the programming. It's like, yes, obviously, I teach the marketing and the steps. But I'm like, in the end, if you are completely disconnected, ungrounded, nervous system overwhelm, aren't even aware of your own needs and feelings, the marketing is not going to work. So no. go stand next to a tree. Hug it. Go ask for help from the earth and like drink some water. It's so, yeah. it's so amazing. I love that you bring that up. And, and yeah, this is like the medicine for these times that we need. Um, I want to ask you, you know, you've been kind of blowing up. You've been on, what is it? Dr. Phil, you've been on the Today Show, is it? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even keep up because I keep seeing like, <laughs> whoa, um, what is that all about? And how is it like, what's happening from that? Are you getting just like a huge surge? And then. What's next for Moms on Mushrooms? I don't know what it's all about, except that it is the lar the biggest trip I'll ever take. <laughs> I mean, going on Dr. Phil is like the most psychedelic thing you could ever do. And oh it really, for me, the last few years, I've had like a word of the year. And um, God has like, when I when the word comes in, holy cow do I learn those lessons? Holy shit. And so when I first started mom, my word of the year was surrender. And oh my gosh, I learned, I mean, it was not pretty, but I learned that lesson over and over. And the, the, the biggest surrender was then finally saying yes to doing this, despite how little and how ill-equipped I felt to do it. And I truly believe like through my own personal practice of prayer and commitment to surrender and saying yes and 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 in a large dose journey not to sound stereotypical but like truly being shown my dharma and like what i was here to do 
I just said yes to it. And then everything just kind of like blew up. I mean, I don't have a publicist. It's, it's just, and it's been a, a lifetime of like leading up to this moment. Um, so do we get surges? We do. We do. I mean, we're still promoting a schedule one drug that's illegal and stigmatized pretty much across the world. So it's not like I'm selling the next cute sweater. Like people are very hesitant to even reach out to me. I will say that, I mean, the emails that we get constantly are like, thank you for saying this. I'm so glad I saw this. Um, so many emails from older women who are like, I've been using LSD for decades and never told anyone. And I wish, you know, I could tell my own kids, same thing. Like the stigma and the shame is so deep. Um, men begging, can you call me my wife? I don't know what to do. She's, you know, like help. And, and so it's, it's, I, I mean, we've had very few trolls or pushback hardly at all. Um, I just think there's just still a lot of hesitation. So I think we have a long road in terms of mom. My vision is for a million moms to gather behind this medicine publicly. And I think when a million moms stand behind psychedelics, and this doesn't have to be mushrooms, but psychedelics for healing, when a million moms show up like en masse publicly and say, this is what we use and this is what I look like and I am fine and I'm not high and I'm a better mom than I've ever been in my life. First of all, there'll be no war. Like that's done. And second, it'll be legalized, right? And we will finally turn that corner to actually collectively into that new earth energy that so many of us feel. Like we will leave behind the old way and we will walk into the new way together. So that's my hope. And how we do that, I'm not really sure. I just kind of just keep taking shrooms and keep saying yes. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's a, I, that's a great one. I like that. Here's your, here's your business plan. <laughs> just keep taking shrooms. Take shrooms yes. Just keep saying yes. I mean, in the end, that's how we all ended up here, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't, I didn't plan any of this. It Ew. just kind of was like the road and then, you know, making decisions when you come to forks. And, um, but you know, a lot of people, you and I, the fire signs, I've been very good at just saying yes. Most of my life, like there's, you know, there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't know about that for a few years, but then it turns into mm. a yes somehow anyways. But, you know, a lot of people are so stuck in that programming and the fear and the, the, the comfort zone. And I mean, that's why, you know, having the support from MOM really helps to just kind of step into like, who are you truly here to be? What do you really want? How do you want to, you know, contribute to your life, the lives of your family, you know, make a difference just by being a better person and being happier. You know? Yeah. And I think like, um, I just stopped letting the fear of saying yes, dictate my decision-making. But I also will say those, you know, continual ego deaths keep me real. And, you know, I said yes, because I am a fire sign. I said yes, I'm, I'm you know, I, I achieve all my goals. I'm a type A. I'm like so cliche. It's boring. But I was saying yes for all the wrong reasons. I was saying yes because it's what I thought I had to do. I was saying yes because I thought I knew I could do it and I could prove it to someone. But now it's like a heart-centered yes. And it doesn't have anything to do with anyone else besides like me and God and what I'm supposed to be doing. And in fact, the... I say yes more um, when I'm scared than I do when I'm confident because when I'm confident, I'm like, oof, is that old Tracy creeping in and clouding my judgment 
versus when I'm scared and feeling insecure about showing up, about, you know, being on TV. It's not my favorite thing. Then I'm like, it's not about, it's not about me. It has nothing to do with me at all. And then I'm like, okay, I could do it. That but that's such a great work. lesson. Yeah. yeah. I'm constantly saying that too. It's like, well, I'm just here in this, this light, this, I call it the, the my sovereign pillar of light. It's like earth, me, God, yeah. you know? And then there's the moments where it's like, oh, is this really what's next? It's kind of landing in my lap and kind of, mm, okay, you know, and that's the the discernment of like, well, yeah, it's scary, but I, it's, yeah, it's not about me and it, there's something exciting there too. Mm -hmm. the, the fear and the excitement have that exact feeling. And it's hard um, like to run a yeah. business on top of that and like exist in yeah. this world that I just don't really yeah. like love, you know, it doesn't, so I have to, you know, and it's hard to like think of the bottom line and margins and I have a lot of people to support and it's expensive to run a private community and all those things. And like a lot of day-to-day -day stuff takes my disconnection to spirit. And that's why I'm so happy for my teachers that literally will like leave messages and call me like, are you doing the work? Are you taking care of yourself? Because, yeah. and that's why I'm so grateful for the medicine because it always can bring me back to that. And even our team, it's like, we can always come back to the medicine and remember why we're doing this. And then it just changes the way. And I think that's the new earth way of doing this differently. So fine, we have to exist in this. We have to pay taxes. We have to do these things, but not forever. And we're laying the foundation and a little bit is different. And like, that's enough. And having run businesses before the old way of me doing it and the new way, is just so different. And that's why I'm just so grateful. I'm just grateful. Oh, so beautiful. Well, I want everyone to know that we have a link to get two months of the grow for free right here in the show notes. You can use my code and we will have all of Tracy's links. I highly recommend you keep an eye on moms on mushrooms, follow her. And honestly, I, you know, if I were a mom, I would join this community in a second. I will probably actually just join Please it myself do. anyways. Do. I'm a mom to... 90,000 bees and lots of clients of mine. I feel that so. deeply. <laughs> I feel that deeply. We are all moms on some level. Absolutely. So. Tracy, it was so good to have you here. And I'm just really honored. And I'm so excited for the work you're doing. You know, when I saw you blow up like very quick, I was like, oh, this is great. Because we need more movements like this in not just the psychedelic space, but any transformational space. Because I believe... You know, if there's more and more people whose work can get out there and with these messages of, hey, we need to do things differently. Like, it's very clear that things are not working. Mm -hmm. And so the more you can get your word out and your message out and create this movement, the more hope I have for our future. It's people like you that keep me really thinking optimistically when so many people are just hating on the world and everything in it. It's like, no, there's actually beauty being created and there's potential and there's people coming together and feeling and healing and living lives that they want to live. So thank you. I'm so glad you're doing that. Well, I, I just have to honor, like, there's no way I would do this. If you weren't doing it first, if you didn't take acid at 14, that was not my path. And I am acutely aware of how bizarre my spot is in this space, given the leaders that have laid this foundation for me, mm -hmm. especially the women and the, and my teachers and women like you. And so I'm, for whatever reason, have allowed Mike right now, but that isn't, um, I, I it isn't because I think that 
I, I'm, I'm very aware of my place in the space and so grateful for the support mm-hmm. because um, I wouldn't have any of this without people like you and, and the work that you do. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're feeling inspired, I'd appreciate it if you showed your love with a review. And check out my YouTube channel where you can find the video version of this podcast. You can also head to BethAWeinstein.com to learn more about me and grab my free business growth trainings. Remember, you carry your own unique medicine and your medicine is what we need for these times. 